Tonight I will be reading a poem by W.H. Auden called Letter to a Wound. And this is a, it's an odd poem. It's a prose poem. And it takes a form that initially seems like a letter to a lover or a partner, but turns out to be something quite different. Letter to a Wound The maid has just cleared away tea, and I shall not be disturbed until supper. I shall be quite alone in this room, free to think of you if I choose, and believe me, my dear, I do choose. For a long time now I have been aware that you are taking up more of my life every day, but I am always being surprised to find how far this has gone. Why, it was only yesterday I took down all those photographs from my mantelpiece. Gabriel, Olive, Mrs. Marshall, Molum, and the others. How could I have left them there like that so long, memorials to my days of boasting? As it is, are still far too many letters. Vow, to have a grand clearance this week, hotel bills, bus tickets from Damascus, presentation pocket mirrors, foreign envelopes, etc. Looking back now to that time before I lost my health, was that really only last February? I can't recognize myself. The discontinuity seems absolute. But of course, the change was really gradual. Over and over again in the early days, when I was in the middle of writing a newsy letter to M, or doing tricks in the garden to startle R and C, you showed your resentment by a sudden bout of pain. I had outbursts, wept even, and what seemed to me then your insane jealousy, your bad manners, your passion for spoiling things. What a little idiot I was not to trust your more exquisite judgment, which declined absolutely to let me go on behaving like a child. People would have tried to explain it all. You would not insult me with pity. I think I've learned my lesson now. Thank you, my dear. I'll try my hardest not to let you down again. Do you realize we have been together now for almost a year? Eighteen months ago, if anyone had foretold this to me, I should have asked him to leave the house. Haven't I ever told you about my first interview with the surgeon? He kept me waiting three quarters of an hour. It was raining outside. Cars passed or drew up squeaking by the curb. I sat in my overcoat, restlessly turning over the pages of back numbers of illustrated papers, accounts of the Battle of Jutland, jokes about special constables and conscientious objectors. A lady came down with a little girl. They put on their hats, speaking in whispers, tight-lipped. Mr. Gangle would see me. A nurse was just coming out as I entered, carrying a white enameled bowl containing a pair of scissors, some instruments, soiled swabs of cotton wool. Mr. Gangle was washing his hands. The examination on the hard leather couch under the brilliant light was soon over. Washing again as I dressed, he said nothing, then reaching for a towel, turned. I'm afraid, he said. Outside I saw nothing, walked, not daring to think. I've lost everything, I've failed, I wish I was dead. And now, here we are, together, intimate, mature. Later. At dinner, Mrs. T announced that she had accepted an invitation for me to a whist drive at the stewards on Wednesday. It's so good for you to get out in the evening sometimes, you're as bad as Mr. Bedder. She babbled on, secretly disappointed, I think, that I did not make more protest. Certainly, six months ago, she couldn't have brought it off, which makes me think what a great change has come over us recently. 
in what I might call our honeymoon stage, when we had both realized what we meant to each other, how slow I was, wasn't I? And that this would always be so, I was obsessed. You too a little, no? By what seemed my extraordinary fortune, I pitied everybody. Little do you know, I said to myself, looking at my neighbor on the bus, what has happened to the little man in the black hat sitting next to you? I was always smiling. I mortally offended Mrs. Hunter, I remember, when she was describing her son's career at Cambridge. She thought I was laughing at her. In restaurants, I found myself drawing pictures of you on the bottom of the table mats. Who will ever guess what that is? Once, when a whore accosted me, I bowed. I deeply regret it, madam, but I have a friend. Once, I carved on a seat in the park. We have sat here. You better not. Now I see all that sort of thing as juvenile and silly, merely a reaction against insecurity and shame. You, as usual of course, were the first to realize this, making yourself felt whenever I had been particularly rude or insincere. Thanks to you, I have come to see a profound significance in relations I never dreamt of considering before. An old lady's affection for a small boy, the waterhouses and their retriever, the curious bond between Offal and Snig, the partners in the hardware shop on the front. Even the close-ups on the films no longer disgust nor amuse me. On the contrary, they sometimes make me cry, knowing you has made me understand. It's getting late, and I have to be up at times in the morning. You're so quiet these days that I get quite nervous. Remove the dressing. No, I'm safe. You're still there. The wireless says that the frost is coming. When it does, we know what to expect, don't we? But I am calm. I can wait. The surgeon was dead right. Nothing will ever part us. Good night, and God bless you, my dear. I better burn this.